Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. My name is Jet Tattersall, and it is lovely to be with you all again. Now, firstly, some exciting news. The upcoming issue seven of Women in Pop magazine is almost ready to be unleashed into the world. We have some incredible women featured in this next edition, and we cannot wait to share it with you all. Stay tuned to our social media channels to find out what artists will be appearing in issue seven. Just search for Women in Pop on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to get your next issue before everyone else. You can also subscribe now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. And now on to the show. Today's guest has been living the musician's life since 2006 and released her first solo single in 2012. Since then, she has become a global phenomenon scoring massive hits with Habits, Stay High, Cool Girl and our Women in Pop favourite, Disco Tits. She has just released the incredible new album, Sunshine Kitty, which featured collaboration with none other than Kylie Minogue. She is one of the most talented and creative musicians around today. We love her and it is an absolute joy to have her on the show all the way from Sweden. It is, of course, the wonderful Tovlo. Tov, hello and welcome to Women in Pop. Thank you. Wow, what a presentation. <laughs> Andre. that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> Just basking it all over there. Um, first off, congratulations on Sunshine Kitty. It is a killer album full of artistic layers in that Swedish realm of pop perfection. It's a Official that you guys are on another plane to the rest of the world. I've always thought it just visually as well as, you know, so many levels, but musically as well. (laughs) You're just somewhere else. Um, The album, it's like a heart race of drums. You've got punchy riffs, hip gliding pop purrs and layer upon layer of additional sound effects that could have stemmed from a cutlery draw or a turn of the century gypsy (laughs) caravan, which I love. Yep. (laughs) It's almost an album of the internal roller coaster. We all find ourselves but barely voice. There's some incredible vulnerable moments as well. Joyous call the squad moments and moments where you're clearly just pissed off what did you want to get across with this album um i think um exactly that (laughs) no i um it's funny i mean i write so much from like the heart and whatever i'm going through and what i need to just vent about or you know want to share so it's like um it's kind of rare for me to feel like there's a there's a message more than that it's something that I um yeah I treat it kind of like a journal almost you know um and then I think when I have this feeling that I want to communicate then it's either like oh that reminds me of a of a memory like you know glad he's gone is a breakup song but it's really about you know the way that uh you know me and the girlfriends that I grew up with like how that unconditional support and love and interference in each other's life when you know someone's dating someone that you you don't you want to protect them from you know and kind of the happiness when that's over so you get your partner in crime back and so I guess it's a it's a mix of like naive love which I find is a good thing I think if you're realistic about love you can never you don't actually honestly feel it all the way um because love isn't realistic and um, just kind of like the fears that come with that, you know, because you're so vulnerable when you fully love someone and trust someone. And then, yeah, a lot about just friendship and like, it's kind of like a scrapbook of, of like my, just like, you know, people that have come into my life when I was younger and people in my life now and um, the differences and the, the things that are still the same and yeah. I like that. You get your friends back. We reclaim them. We yeah. hijack our friends back. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually want to talk about um, 
obviously your album, you've got, it opens with that voice recording of Matteo, which is informing you in Italian that Matteo doesn't want to eat the same plate every day. <laughs> the plate in question being vegan. Yes. Nice. Classy Matteo. We're going to talk about him later. It then melts into this brutally pop squad middle finger of glad he's gone. You just said it's about reclaiming your friends. And obviously, you've, you know, you've given a voice to all mm. those moments we've had. I really wanted to talk you through the lyrics in there as well, because it feels like you're also reclaiming the word bitch. Mm -hmm. You sing, uh, he's a bitch with some expectations, and then you're, bitch, I love you. <laughs> what is that? I guess some kind of, it's like showing that there are, like, I think sometimes... Uh, this goes deep, all right? <laughs> it's uh, like like this. I've been I've had a problem with censorship a lot because I grew up in a place where we don't censor any words, um, no swear words in Swedish or English. So um, you hear just fuck on the radio all day, and I think that for me it's kind of like showing you know the intention of a word matters in a way. So you know when I say like. He's a bitch with some expectations. You know what kind of bitch I'm talking about. But I'm saying bitch I love it's because that's in a loving way, you know? So I guess it's kind of like um, you give the power to the word. That is so way. true. It's like when someone goes, fuck yeah, yeah. or fuck off. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's a big you difference. You still shout it, but <laughs> like exactly. a celebratory fuck. <laughs> exactly. So like I get that there is people that take offense to certain kinds of words. It's obviously words that are just like why use them, you know? But there's like words that enhance emotions. I think that's in control of the person who's communicating the word, not the person who receives it in a way. That's absolutely magical. And you probably <laughs> should speak for Beyonce because she's got a lot of people coming at her at the yep, moment for yep. the same thing. <laughs> um, and we're just going to play it right now. Let's listen to Glad He's Gone. What a stellar track. Now, I want to get back to this cad, Matteo. He also gets his own song. Um, never see you on your own, but you're alone. Don't know why we uh, don't know why the need to fix you turns me on. Have we not all had a fucking Matteo in our lives? Yes. Like, oh. Jesus. I heard that song and I was like, oh, it's that guy. Exactly, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And it's so funny that it just rings so, like, so heavy with a lot of, uh, like, a lot of people, not just girls, but just, like, that kind of, like, uh, you know, he's, like, he's so troubled so he gets to be an asshole, you know. Yes. And it just, like, and the thing is, I've been that person, too. I've played that part after being, like, Someone played me that way, so then I played it that way and then realized, like, what am I doing? I'm literally doing what someone just did to me, and it's horrible. And so I stopped. But I just, it's so funny, the sort of, like, the need to think that, it's just a feeling that you want to be the special person for this unreachable human, you know? And you build them up on this pedestal, and then when you finally see, like, 
see them for what they really are, it all just kind of falls apart and you can't do anything but laugh at it because it just, you know. You realise the mm. reason they're unreachable and signal is because no one wants to go near them because they're a <laughs> hot mess of gonorrhea and issues. Exactly. <laughs> hot mess of gonorrhea and issues. That should be on a T-shirt. We should send it to all the Mateos around. <laughs> should we also reclaim the word Mateo? So instead of calling people... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could be like, ah, oh, Mateo. It's a typical Mateo. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask, was it cathartic giving this communal dick a name into a song? Yeah, I mean, I, I it was from, so I have all my journals since I was nine years old till I'm about like 23 when I started like fully writing songs, like kind of for, you know, more and more of my life. And then it kind of became song lyrics instead of journals every day. And it's like, it's so funny because I see, you know, I think I'm like really in touch with who I was as a teenager and I can like, you know, think back to my behavior and be like, I understand why I did that. But then I read these journals and I'm like, who is this person who talks like this? And what is it? Like, how is she so like stupid? And, but then there's some, so there's some people that like, you know, have come into my life at different times and made like, you know, it was some of them were fun and I learned something. Some of them were really painful and, you know, but, but it, and I also learned something, but so, and I, there was just like a few of those Matteos where I just see that like, you know, and then he said that uh, he wouldn't have, um, he was going to get really busy. So he probably couldn't like hang out much in the daytime, but he would call me at night and stuff. And I'm like, I feel bad for him because he seems really stressed out. Like what is going on, girl? (laughs) Get it together. And you just like realize all these like manipulative things that um, people that don't care about you just will say. You know, and it's kind of like in a way I'm like, was it was it just to fuck with me? Was it to not hurt my feelings? What you know, what is the? Is it that there's just like so much narcissism that it just isn't any actual care? Like what? Where is it? And like you, you know mentioned, I mean? in glad that he's gone, mm. it often it it comes from that blind love because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Not even love, blind lust. Yeah, yeah. And you read their texts, and you read your, and you just, and every pop song, you're like, "That's us. That's yeah. us." <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so really, you've kept your journals as proof mm. or as growth to go, I never want to be <laughs> sick <Exactly>. again. <laughs> That's brilliant. And now they've become songs. Um, let's just play Mateo. And now all the pretty girls, now all the pretty girls, they want to love you. Yeah. Hurting all the pretty girls, they never heard the words, it's not about you. Now, back to you. A Swedish pop starlet, you are surrounded by some of women and pop's favourites. Robin, yes. Nina Cherry, Licky Lee. I mean, who did you love growing up? Um, Robin was definitely a first love, you know. she It was weird. I had, like, she was my sort of, like, 
secret pop favorite while I was also very obsessed with like Nirvana and Hole and like Silverchair. I was obsessed with Silverchair. Daniel Jones was my hubby in my in my mind in my heart. It's <laughs> <laughs> also saying me. Hello. <laughs> yeah, um, but but um, I think it was. But it was something about you know that sort of. I hated just music that was too happy. I think so. Um, but I was like Robin, both Robin and Luke Lee had that kind of, you know, like melancholy dance vibe to it that I so, you know, love to to create myself as well. It's like, a, I don't know. And and I think Robin has just had such a cool career with a lot of integrity. And it's um, really, yeah, amazing to have followed that since I was like 11 or something, you know. I like that mm-hmm. melancholy dance, and mm-hmm. yeah, she's an she's a hero. Mm-hmm. She's so much power in her as mm-hmm. well. I just saw her show in uh, New York, oh. and it was like a two-hour just dance party. It was <sighs> magical. Everyone's just like, and there's all these like beautiful white drapes, and you feel like the whole band and her just in this like heavenly clouds, and they're just like dancing in heaven. Basically, that's what it looked like. And and like she has this amazing dancer come out, and it was, it was just such an amazing show and just like um everyone was dancing like no one was sitting down and no one left ever it was just a constant like it was a big techno party it was it was awesome you can't <laughs> not you can't deny the woman a dance Mm-mm-mm. i think that's her superpower yes. <laughs> <laughs> no i want to say one of the great things about this album sunshine kitty is how you've so vividly written issues and the pitfalls of being a bisexual woman um stumbling in a still very hetero biased dating pool such as bad as the boys mm. great track um also like we mentioned before you're very honest like the guilt we've all felt when jealousy takes over um on your killer track really don't like you with kylie you sing none of it's your fault and when i hate on you i'm breaking the code but you've got him i don't and you know what you and kylie do it better so we're just going to play that right now really like <laughs> you <laughs> What a great track. And it people aren't honest about that. And I love that. Now, you've probably been asked this a hundred times, <laughs> but what was it like working with Kylie Minogue? Kylie Minogue. Um, I mean, unreal to begin with, but this was like me playing the long game here. Okay, so I this is we go back to 2016. You know, we can skip all the part where I've listened to her my whole life. Um, but uh, then 2016, I post a picture of me. It's when I'm releasing Ladywood, my second yeah. album. And I post a picture of me holding my lyric book where, because I write all my lyrics with pen and paper. And she tweets me back and just says like, oh, she's a pen and paper girl and like some hearts and stuff. And I was like how do you know who I am? <laughs> like, is this happening? I was so excited. And I took a screenshot and I saved it in my little, like, memory bank of, of uh, cool things that have happened. And then we both, like, two years later, we both played this Amphar charity event in Hong Kong. 
and I ask my team to please ask her team if I can just meet her and just say hi. And, you know, I'm like, she knows who I am. She tweeted me two years ago, <laughs> you know. And she said yes, and we met, and she was so charming and charismatic and just, you know, just all around awesome. And I think it's so cool because when you're an icon like that, you don't, you can be kind of any way you want, but she, you know, is just awesome. And and then she said, like, oh, you know, it'd be so fun to, like, make music together sometime. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's like, oh. mental note, like, yes, I would love that. And so then when I was writing for this album, I was just kind of keeping in the back of my, like, like in the back of my mind, it's like, I need to create a song that feels like something that I can hear her on. And so after I've written Really Don't Like You with um, two amazing writers, Kelly and Eileen and uh, Ian Kirkpatrick, I just felt, I don't know, I could feel like oh, I can he really hear her voice on this and I feel like she would really um, be able to relate to like the vulnerability in a dance song, you know, because I feel like that's what she's done so well. She does so well. And so yeah I just said to my manager like can we just send this like you know just send this and see what she says and she was kind of like you know don't get your hopes up like it's Kylie Minogue and I'm like I know <laughs> <laughs> but of course she's like of course we're gonna send it like let's see what they come back with and then it was just like oh she she loves it like uh, she's super down you know she just wants to like kind of you know do her thing to it and so then I got her, e her email address and we were emailing back and forth and yeah, she was just like, I'm just gonna, you know, play around and like do my thing. And she just sent back like, you know, all the kind of Kylie ID things and like s some really cool new melodies and just like made it like her track. And it just, it, yeah. It I, sounds, this is the thing. I mean, it's got this gorgeous, it's, it's both your track. It's mm -hmm. not just her coming in on the chorus. You've got your indie soprano vocal, very Tove. Mm -hmm. But then... That dexterity working alongside Kylie's very iconic synth pop, like punchy beat. Exactly. The collaboration is near perfection. Like it's gorgeous. Thank you. So well done for Thank following you so in your girl crush yes. and <laughs> getting her email address more yes. than anything. Yes, that's actually that's like a bucket list. <laughs> and tick, Sunshine Kitty yeah. complete. Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of Sunshine Kitty. I want to ask the album title. I have a cat. It likes to be in the sun. <laughs> but I have a feeling this has a different connotation <laughs> I've not yet thought about. Um, there's a few layers to this as usual. Um, like I really wanted the album to have like a, you know, like a pussy power kind of um, energy to it because I think all of my records have had that, like in, in more or less obvious ways. And... Yeah, so then they started with that and then the idea of that I wanted to create something visual with the links because Lo means links in Swedish and it's been my nickname since I was little. It's just like that, like kind of, the it's my spirit animal. I felt like I wanted, and I wanted to add something new visually that wasn't just me into this like era. And then it was this episode I watched um, from Girls where... It just clicked for me. I, you know, she she talks about um, this author, Elena Dunham, like her character, mm. Hannah, talks about this author that she really admires. And um, she says this thing like, you know what? You know what this author does? She like she lays out and tans her vagina to soak up the power from the sun. 
And me, in my like little bit, you know, tipsy head, was like, oh, the the source of all life, like you know, getting power from the other source of all life, <laughs> and like this is magical. And then she says this line that is like, so that glow on her face, that's not moisturizer, that's sun in her pussy. And I just thought it was like the most beautiful description, like you know. <laughs> so, yeah, on that way. It's kind of yeah how it became Sunshine Kitty. It is the most beautiful <laughs> description. And just by describing that, you're going to have all our listeners going outside, <laughs> yeah. lifting up their skirts Thanks. and going, hello, summer. Just charging. <laughs> just charging, exactly. <laughs> it's a solar-powered situation, guys. Exactly. Come on. Um, I want to talk to you, obviously, about being an incredible pop star in your own right, but you are also a killer songwriter, and you do it for other artists. In the past, you've written for people like Lord and Ellie Goulding. How is the creative process or your mindset different when you're creating music for someone else? I think it's... I. When I write for someone else, it's usually I, I really prefer to be like in the room with them because um, most of the artists that I've, I've written uh, written with is, you know, they write themselves a lot. So it's kind of you're you're in there as like this, you know, kind of someone to bounce ideas back and forth with, you know, and and um, uh, and I think what's cool is I really try to just like, OK, where are you? And like listen to their voice and think about, you know, what suits their voice and what story they want to tell and when um which is always easier when they're in the room but if they're not I tend to just like google a lot and like look a lot on their Instagram and be like hmm I feel like they might be feeling this way <laughs> kind of just like <laughs> fully project <laughs> you know and sometimes that works um but I think yeah it's just like when I when it's for me it's just so cathartic I'm just like this is what I need to say this is what's on my mind you know this is what I'm feeling very unfiltered and I think it takes more of I need to use more of like the craft when I'm writing for someone else because it's like um it has to be in someone else's words in a way I like that Mm -hmm. and it's so true I actually wanted to ask you as well once you've succumbed to the craft Mm -hmm. and the stalking and the projection yeah. that humans do to dolphins as well. Yeah. Like, oh, they're good guys, they're not. Um, <laughs> is it then difficult ever to give it away to someone else? Or at that point you're like, no, it's done, it's out into the world? Well, I've never, I've actually never really had, there have been moments where I'm like written a song and I'm like, I don't really know what's what's going to happen with this song. Like, I don't know if it's, and then it's been maybe up for, you know, then my publishers are like, okay, well, then we'll send it out and see, you know, oh, this artist is looking and they're like, oh, they're interested. And if I all of a sudden then feel like, wait, no, they can't have it. They can't have it. <laughs> and then, you know, then it's kind of like obvious that I, it's for me or like that I want it. But most of the time, yeah, like, you know, obviously if I go in the room with someone, it's, it's, I can't really be like, Hey, you know what, Ellie? I think I'm just gonna take this one. Is that cool with you? Like, do you do you mind? Is that um, so? So I've I feel like this. yeah, I've got this. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so I think no, it's it, very often I'm so I've so like made it with them in mind that, and also for me, like the, the feeling of having an artist that I admire sing something that I've written is like as big of a thing for me, you know. So like like. When I saw Lord perform Home and Dynamite at Coachella, I was like, I was crying. Like, it was such a huge moment. So that still is like, yeah, it matters. That's still a big one for Mm -hmm. you. Now, can I ask you, you have been working in the music industry for over 10 years now. 
What do you see has changed during your time, particularly around female artists and how they're treated and perceived? Um, I actually, I feel a big change. I think some of it might be like dishonest because some people have learned that if I say this, I get in trouble, you know. But at least um, I still feel that there is a lot more, I don't know, a lot more support within female artists. Like I feel... Like all the female artists I've worked with and just like artist friends in general, everyone's like sharing each other's music and collaborating and being like, you know, standing up for each other. And I feel like there's way more of a support than rivalry. Rivalry? Is that how you say Rivalry. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> and so that's really exciting to me. And then I think, yeah, I feel like a lot of, a lot of um, men in the industry have like kind of woken up a little bit and be like, oh, this isn't cool. Like, you know, oh, am I, am I, you know, kind of taking a look at themselves and then changed a lot of their behavior, which I think is great. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely been a wave of like, you know, kind of not writing. Cause I, you know, I would get written off just because writing about sex and getting high, you know, that would be like, you know, oh, you can't take her seriously because she's a party girl. And I think that it's very possible for me to, be a party girl, but also be deep and have something important to say and be smart. You know, one doesn't exclude the other. So I think um, there is more of an open mindset to like women expressing themselves unapologetically the way that men have for a long time. Do you think that as women collectively, even outside of the industry, mm. we've broken away from that pigeonholing of, oh, this one's a slut, this one's a virgin, you know, th this is like the terrible Spice Girls packet. This one's the, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? This yeah. one's the party girl, this one's the quiet one. Um, yeah. And we're getting, we're getting used to being all well-rounded there. Mm -hmm. And do you think the music industry or the media has taken a little long with that? Like, no, we still need to have our role models perfect. Or one of them can be dirty, but as long as this one's clean. And yeah. now they're embracing a little more? I hope so. I mean, I think I think in general with with media, it's it's tricky because it's so still clickbait. You know, I think even like with with interviews that I've done and articles that I that I read through, and I'm like, this is actually really an in interesting and great conversation that we had here. But then the headline will still be the the cheapest possible one, just because you need you need to get people there. And I don't really know what to do about that. Like I understand, you know, because it's you know, and I guess as long as it's something of substance, then um, but but I I feel like with with media it's yeah I, I it still seems to be important to try and put people into folders because you want to be able to like figure them out and it's it's frustrating when there's more than just one message more than just one side but that's how all humans are you know and so I think it's tricky to paint something in a quick picture that you kind of have to in media today if it's and then you, they just choose the same side the whole time, I okay. guess. Okay. Well, it's the mm. grey matter that makes us yeah. beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> and lastly, Tove, writing, recording, performing live, music videos. I mean, we spoke of Disco Tits earlier, and if anyone listening has not seen it, please Google it immediately yes. to see Tove take a Muppet on like a extra <laughs> hell of a romantic <laughs> drive-by getaway. It's like the you guys, most bizarre video I've ever done. It's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> what is your favorite part of this whole process um wow i think it's man it's it's a it's a it comes in threes <laughs> i will say because it's um getting in the studio and like coming up with all this like the start the first like you know few weeks when you're on 
a role and like when you feel like oh i have something i know what this next album is going to be you know and then the sort of um like the start the, like the, when you go out and do the first headline tour but then making creating the visuals around it is like i just love it it's it's making the videos coming up with the artwork like the photos around it everything when you kind of fully in control of it all and you can just like make it a whole world that you just like here you go fans come in <laughs> beautiful and last but not least what is up next for tovlo um up next is uh i'm like how close are we talking <laughs> i think um well i'm going to be rehearsing and putting together the the headline show for next year Ooh. and um yeah i think just you know tour this album like crazy and um then make more music and more videos and yeah keep Oh that is so exciting stuff. to hear yeah. and everyone <laughs> let's all just solar power the kitty together. Yes. Thank you so much for chatting today with us, Tove. It has been an absolute joy. Um, listeners, Tove's new album, Sunshine Kitty, is out now. It is amazing, and it comes highly recommended by the Women in Pop team, particularly myself. Oh. Get out there and stream it and download it as much as you can. And for more Women in Pop, do not forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search womeninpop.com. Issue 7 of the magazine is coming very soon. So to get your copy before everybody else, go to womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. We will be back with another episode of the podcast very soon. It has been a pleasure bringing this to you. Until next time, from myself and the gorgeous Tove, goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-